I believed I was a victim. I didn't even know what that meant, that victim energy. You either have a victim mindset or you take responsibility for your life. You either believe life is happening to me or life is happening for me. It's a choice. I read somewhere, if you want your future you to have a victory story, you gotta let go of the victim story. Welcome to the Life is a Healing Journey podcast by yours truly, Anushka, with a C. This podcast explores how you can create a true healthy lifestyle and live your life to the fullest in the face of any circumstance by healing and balancing your mind, body, spirit. If you are someone that's been dealing with disharmony in any area of your life and you are committed to seeking harmony, this podcast is for you. Let's start healing. Today's podcast is focused on the mind piece of mind, body, spirit. Henry Ford has a famous quote that says, whether you think you can or can't, you're right. Your mindset determines your experience and how you think, speak, and feel create a state of being. Your thoughts, the words you use, the choices you make moment by moment create your reality. And you can always create a new reality by shifting them. In my 20s, I was a very negative person. And I did everything to hide it by being an overachiever. Yeah, me. Can you believe it? Sometimes I can't. I honestly cannot believe I was such a pessimist. And my younger self would never recognize me today. And I really don't recognize her either, although I am grateful for that version of me because I would not be who I am today without all her not-so-great choices. Now, don't get me wrong. She was a badass in a different way from an ego place, right? My ego was definitely this badass Wonder Woman. I was determined to be successful and prove that I am smart. Hence, the computer science and engineering degree. And as if that wasn't enough, I worked multiple jobs while going to engineering school. At one point, I had five part-time jobs. I was also the president of the Iranian student organization at the University of Colorado in Denver for a couple of years, organizing events, fundraisers, choreographing dances, dancing in the dances because I love dancing and even co-wrote a script for a play. It was definitely a blast. I did not allow myself to relax and just be, much other than doing my nails. That was my self-care, which I still love, by the way. And that's all I did for self-care. I was like a robot, constantly doing something, distracting myself from the emotions that I had numbed out. I would go clubbing four, five, six times a week sometimes, because like I said, I love to dance. Dance is my soul's language, truly. And because of these insecurities and fear of judgment that I had of people thinking I'm stupid or whatever else around that, or laughing at me even, I would drink to be myself when partying, releasing those inhibitions. And let's not forget, I would also work out practically daily at the gym sometimes two hours a day, and then play volleyball whenever possible. 
I would, of course, be spending time with family and friends, vacations, dating, relationships, and who knows what else I'm missing. Oh, and yes, I did purchase my first rental property in college at 19 years old. Now, thinking about all this, even now, makes my head spin. I am still go, go, go at times. Don't get me wrong. That's still there. The difference is I choose to do the things I do based on my intuition. And I balance myself by relaxing, having me time daily, and not overdoing it. Although that happens at times and I get a reminder, my body gives me the reminder. Looking back, I realize, although I am grateful for that Wonder Woman version of me that was named the Energizer Bunny, which I still have as part of me, there was a hurt child trying to fit in, prove herself, and fix herself. As a child, I was very extra and super curious, always asking questions. I hear stories all the time from family friends in Germany whenever we're around one another. When we moved to Colorado right before turning seven, I had to learn a whole new language, English. And I learned pretty quickly because of my curiosity and I'm sure the many questions I asked. Then fifth grade happened. I remember sitting around a square table with seven other kids and we were working on an assignment. I had a question, so I raised my hand and the teacher walks over, Ms. Parson, She had short curly hair, brownish, and now looking back, I do recall her always being frustrated. I asked my question, which I don't remember now, but what I do remember was her response, more so her reaction. She replies, oh my God, Anushka, how did you make it to the fifth grade? And all the kids around the table and whoever else heard just burst it into laughter. I remember shrinking into my seat, feeling so small, and my entire face and head felt on fire. I was so ashamed of myself, embarrassed to my core, and probably thinking, wow, I must be really stupid to ask such a question. I never even shared this with my parents or anyone until I began working on myself and my mindset. I knew it had happened but I didn't realize how much of my future was determined by just this one incident. All the stories I created from it, the interpretations I made about myself, and the fear of judgment going forward. My light dimmed, and I had a fear of asking questions. I decided I have to figure everything out all on my own and prove that I am smart. Hence, the overachiever. Oh, and don't get me started when people would joke with me in a making fun of me kind of way. I would go from zero to 100 in 2.3 seconds, all because of those kids that laughed at me. Just ask my friends. Thankfully, I've done a lot of work around this, so I do not get triggered by it anymore. Two years later, I moved to Iran for seventh grade, immersed into a culture that was foreign to me. I knew how to speak Farsi pretty well. And I even knew how to write minimally like a first grader. Yet I had to learn first through seventh grade within a couple of months and then was moved into a different class, the seventh graders class. 
and the same class and subjects and topics that all the seventh graders in Iran were learning. Just two months in. Talk about feeling stupid, learning a whole new language. And the subjects were so much more advanced than I learned in the States, I remember. I even learned binary numbers in math and never saw that again until college and probably only because I was going to engineering school. Thankfully, we did move back to Colorado in the middle of eighth grade. Now, this was during the school year, in the middle of school year at a brand new school again. So, of course, you can imagine why I became a chameleon. I also lost some of my English vocabulary during that year and a half in Iran. Words have never really been my strong suit. Now, math or science and even art, that's a different story. Plus, I always say English is my third language. Now, of course, at this point, it's my dominant one, obviously. Yet, it's not my best subject. This is an area for me to create more confidence in. See, we're always having another layer. Thankfully, because of Iran, I had excelled in math and science. And my brain just works better with numbers. So I was accepted for an accelerated program, the International Baccalaureate, also known as IB, that is actually considered more rigorous than AP. And yes, it was at another high school. So I did cry a ton. I remember lots of tears because I did not want to switch schools again and make new friends again. I am super grateful for having moved around a ton throughout my childhood, internationally even, because I am able to be relatable with practically anyone I meet. Of course, this would happen, though, with my story of having to prove myself, right? So guess what happened in ninth grade English? Remember, it was accelerated and words are not my strong suit. We had a test and it was to write an essay about some book we were reading and I didn't know the meaning of a word. Suspenseful. I know this word very well now, as you can imagine. The entire essay had to do with this one word. It took me almost half the class to get the courage to walk over to my teacher, Mrs. Kerr, and ask her what this word meant while staring blankly at the page on my desk. I felt that heat in my face and my head was boiling again, like fifth grade, as I walked up to the front of the class. And then my question. She looked at me with a quiet laugh. How are you in IB? Mortified and probably would be bright as a tomato if I could blush, I shrank back down into my seat and somehow finished the essay, feeling even more stupid. I had this I am stupid story and mindset throughout college and even in my first engineering job. And if you guessed the scenario happened again, you guessed right, by a colleague, Tony, who said it to my face. He was teaching me his code that only he was working on. And now looking back, his code was very encrypted and tough to understand without notes, which that's not how you do coding. And he turns his chair to me and says with a loud voice in his cubicle, where everyone else could hear too, wow, how are you not getting this? You must be stupid. And then bursts out into a laugh. Mind blown feeling like fumes are coming out of my head. I stormed out of the building and had to calm down. I couldn't understand why I was so furious though. 
yes, no one likes to be called stupid. And I was extra furious. Of course, I ratted him out to my manager, since I also was Tony's project manager, actually, and wonder if that was one of the reasons he spoke to me the way he did. I am sure this pattern repeated many more times because of the mindset I had. When we have a negative mindset, even if we aren't aware, it lies in our subconscious mind. It's a limiting belief. So we begin to have similar experiences over and over again. They become patterns. And these patterns are nudging you to heal what lies deep within you. I always thought people were out to get me or take advantage of me. I wonder why. And of course, I had such experiences in my life as well. This was just one incident I experienced with multiple stories from just this one incident. There are many, and we all have them, whether aware of them or not. I believed I was a victim. I didn't even know what that meant. That victim energy. You either have a victim mindset or you take responsibility for your life. You either believe life is happening to me or life is happening for me. It's a choice. I read somewhere, if you want your future you to have a victory story, you've got to let go of the victim story. The key to shifting your life is first and foremost to become aware of the thoughts you're having regularly. Are you having more positive thoughts? Believing everything is always working out for you and your highest good? Or are you constantly having negative thoughts, feeling like life is out to get you? What you focus on grows, what you think about expands, and what you dwell upon determines your destiny. And of course, the words you use, whether you think them or speak them, establish the experiences you have. We create our lives, our reality. So the words you use frequently are powerful and essential. For instance, I never use the word remission. It is disempowering word that means the symptoms of cancer have disappeared, but cancer may still remain in the body. Why would anyone use this word? To me, that's no different than saying the cancer may come back. If you have that in the back of your mind that the cancer may come back, guess what you're putting out there? No. Instead, I say, I am healed. I am cured. Cancer was a gift for me. It was a rebirth. And now almost six years later, I'm healthier than ever when I was told I should be dead right now, according to statistics. I even say the cancer or the brain tumor or the brain tumor healing journey. Never say my. It's not a part of me. So why would I say my? I hear people say my depression or my anxiety as if it's an organ or a body part. Remember, words are powerful. This is how I guide my clients as well to shift their perception, to heal and be aware of their words, create replacement words, while taking all the actions, of course, to ensure healing happens. We live a life on autopilot and operate 90 to 95% although I've also heard 99% from our subconscious mind, not our conscious mind. The more awareness we have, the more consciously we take action and make choices. This means we are not being driven by our past experiences. 
but rather get to choose how we respond rather than react. Take driving, for instance. All of you who drive today most likely do so on autopilot without thinking about it, right? You may be driving from work to home and not even remember how you got there. And I bet when you first started learning, this was not the case. You were very conscious and aware of everything. And if you were anything like me, your hands both were on the steering wheel, holding on for dear life with low music, feeling super stiff. The same thing probably happened when you first started walking or riding a bike or at your first new job, second new job, college, wherever. Why? Because it was unknown, uncomfortable, unfamiliar. It's in the uncomfortable that we grow, expand, and evolve. Elevate to that next level. It requires us to take on more conscious actions that have us expand our comfort zone by feeling uncomfortable. In 2015, I did a three-day, full three-day personal transformation seminar where I discovered this I am stupid story. At this seminar, the thought of raising my hand just to say one word from my chair made me feel that heat again, as if I'm back in fifth grade. I even felt like I was going to faint. Just the thought of it. Through the brain tumor healing journey, I faced my fear of being judged for being stupid. And I began sharing my story publicly on Facebook Lives, mainly because I didn't want to repeat myself over and over since so many were curious about what was going on with me. So I decided to go live Wednesdays for Wednesday Wisdom and Wellness. My first one was the week I was released from the hospital sharing about this avocado-sized tumor and my entire experience around it. I was so nervous that I had to take a nap afterwards because it drained me so much. It cracks me up thinking about how fearful I was of public speaking when now I do it last minute even at times without preparation. Although I still prefer to prepare. My first time speaking in front of a crowd was between chemo cycles and my worst fear happened. I forgot what I was saying in the middle of my talk. And instead of freaking out, I made a joke out of it. And I blamed my chemo brain. And I didn't die. Instead, I made everyone laugh. Those nervous butterflies you feel are no different than the excitement butterflies. It's just what you interpret them as. So I changed my perception and word of nervous to excited. I still feel them. And instead, I view it as a feeling of alive. Having sensations in our bodies make us feel alive. Not when comfortable and on autopilot, day in and day out like a robot, not feeling really anything. Anything is possible when you commit to the change that you truly desire and begin doing the work to get there. Shifting from a negative, worst-case scenario mindset like me in my 20s and early 30s to being called overly optimistic and the most positive person most people know and believing magic can happen. So if I can do it, so can you. As for the practice area to take on, consider journaling. What thoughts come up most often? Are they more positive or negative thoughts? 
Are the words and thoughts you use regularly bringing you closer to your dreams or further away? Take a moment and think of the different experiences in your life that still stand out to you. Similar to the one I shared. And notice if certain stories were created from those experiences. What meanings you gave to that experience. And see how that's impacting your current life now. Subscribe to not miss next week's episode focused on the body. Thank you for listening to Life is a Healing Journey podcast. You are here to peel and heal one layer at a time to live your life to the fullest in the face of any circumstance while embracing a life filled with love, joy, and peace. If you are in disharmony in any area of your life and truly desire to be in harmony and committed to elevating your health and well-being, I'm one click away. Find me at healingwithanushka.com. And remember, that's Anushka with a C. And if you like what you heard, please subscribe and share this podcast with your loved ones. Get your healing on. Until next time.